Welcome. You're in touch with episode 221 of Jesus Martha podcast. Coming up, prayer is vital. It's the most creative thing we can do, but what do you do when you just don't know how to pray about that something? Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm Brian Del Turco. I believe that Jesus Christ knows how our lives work best and that he is passionate about developing his followers as intimate friends and co-agents in his kingdom, his enterprise. If you want to go further with King Jesus, this is the podcast for you. In just our preceding episode, number 220, seeing things in a new light, an extraordinary light, What could happen if we see things in a new light, a supernatural light, an extraordinary light? Could things be improved, even transformed? Walking in the light is a walk of possibilities. And so in that episode, we um, remind ourselves that we can invite the light of God into situations and scenarios, and let's see what can happen. Here's hoping that all is well, even if we're challenged in some way right now, deep down, we can be assured that all is well. There's such a settled sense of God's sovereignty and care that is available to us. It's that deeper current underneath, you know what I mean, that carries us through. Things are well on this end. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little tired in recent days. It's self-inflicted. So it seems, though, like I am in a season in this past week or so, and I think it's going to be with me moving forward, a season of streamlining and uh, attempting to create greater efficiencies in work and in life in general, you know, smarter organization and planning, and hopefully some better execution on things and the outcomes that um, I'm looking for. To me, upstream from all of this is meditation, journaling, and some prayer. And I think when we invite, even uh, to use a stronger word, invoke the leadership and lordship of Christ into our affairs, that is always a good thing, right? I am uh, i don't know about you, but I'm looking to live a lifestyle of acumen, acumen from above, accuracy as much as possible. I know I'm not perfect, but I have to be questing uh, for, that, for that standard. I'm dialoguing with a friend right now who is on similar frequencies, and I'm actually looking at a uh, tool called Notion. Maybe some of you know about this. It's a personal knowledge management system, and you can uh, keep track of tasks and projects. And it's really quite a customizable tool, personal databases, databases related to your work. You can build out, they call it the second brain. You know, our minds are good at thinking and ideating, but not so good at keeping track of everything, right? The second brain, I'm very interested in this concept. I don't want the tool to become the thing. I know that's always possible. I want the tool to be the tool. I'm at a point where I just need tools to be tools and not the thing. Tools create leverage. They make us more effective. You know, I could try to hammer a nail with my fist, but if I have a hammer, (laughs) things are going to work better. A ladder is a tool. A ladder is simply uh, an extension of my ability to access higher spaces that I need to get to. I have a lot of experience on ladders. I've always lived in homes and been around homes that are double-storied. And when it comes to painting or maintenance or something, you know, there's always a ladder, right? We'll see. Maybe we can talk about personal management, knowledge management in the future. I want to be able to capture insights from Scripture, 
keep track of dreams. It seems that every so often I seem to have a poignant dream that I need to pay attention to. What's my dreamscape looking like? Uh, maybe things I'm sensing that the Holy Spirit is saying, important content that I run across, maybe videos, articles, podcasts, films. You know, God can speak to us in many ways. Does this all make sense? Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're a content nerd and idea nerd. I don't hope that you're necessarily like me, but maybe I can give you some updates on how things are going and uh, we can share some resources moving forward. And I could possibly see us having a a dialogue on the podcast about these uh, topics. Jesus dynamics are how things work. They are elements which activate the kingdom of Christ in our life. And here's our Jesus dynamic feature for this episode. I was in church this past Sunday and the worship song, This Is How We Fight Our Battles. And I knew that this worship song talks a lot about worship. You know, we fight our battles with worship. And there's that phrase in the song, when it seems that I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. You know, the account of Elijah and Elisha, they were actually surrounded by the angel armies, even as they were surrounded by their enemies. But the first part of the song really was underscored for me and highlighted. It talks about the table of the Lord. And it just struck me that this is really, upstream from worship is the table of the Lord. Why are we worshiping? It's because of Christ, the body and the blood of the Lord on that table. And it's efficaciousness, is that a word? (laughs) The body and the blood becoming efficacious in our experience. And this is how we fight our battles. The table of the Lord, Psalms 23, David says that you've set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love that. And then, of course, worship as a reasonable response, a response to the Lord and what's on that table. But this is how we fight our battles, not in the flesh, not in the natural, certainly not with some ungodly response or carnal response. We fight it with the body and the blood of the Lord and worship. And let's see what we can do in our challenges, in our battles by remembering that. You can go to the show notes page for this episode today, jesussmart.com slash 221. Doing a new thing here now, instead of putting a few words after the forward slash, let's just give the episode a number. So jesussmart.com slash 221 for links and additional resources to take it a little bit deeper on this topic. So what do we do when we don't know how to pray about it? You know, there are times I may not be confident that I know how to pray about something effectively. I may be at a loss in my own mind about it. But if I can engage smart prayer, knowing what to do will come, how to pray, and then how to pursue prayer-born activity, and then all bets are off, right? Now, Google isn't all that, all right? Google isn't all that. What's the greatest search engine in the universe in all of time? It's the Holy Spirit, infinite intelligence. And here's a memo, memo to humanity. Guess what? We don't know everything with our natural mind. Can we admit that our understanding of things is incomplete? You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, at this time, meaning in this life, we know in part, you know, now we see in a mirror dimly, but when Christ comes, we will know fully then, even as we are fully known by him now. We will experience the fullness of his kingdom. We will see him face to face. You will know yourself in a way that you've never known yourself in Christ. And your 
your specific and unique you and your role, we'll have a much complete, a much more complete understanding of everything. And that will just continue to increase forever. But until then, we have access to an extraordinary resource. We can pray in the Spirit. We can pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, what do I mean? Well, here's what Paul says in Romans 8, verses like 26 and 27. He, he writes there that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we should. Well, he defines for us right there what the weakness is. Maybe your translation says infirmity, our infirmity, our sickness, our ailment is that we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he, that is the Father who searches the hearts, our hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for saints, that's us in Christ, the saints, according to to the will of God. Now we can partner with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be glib about this. Help me not to be glib about it, Lord. We can partner with that member of the Godhead, the most creative person, infinite intelligence, the Holy Spirit. And that is an opportunity without limits. You see, our weakness is that often we don't know what to pray about, and we don't know how to pray about it effectively to get results. Paul calls this our weakness in Romans 8, 26 and 27. It's really an infirmity. And when invited, though, we can invite the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come alongside of us, and this is the Greek language in these verses, Parakletos, I think, is the Greek word, one called alongside to help. The Holy Spirit can come to our side, and as we pray in the Spirit, we can touch that situation, that challenge, that issue, with the faith of Christ. We can target it together with the Holy Spirit. He helps us. This is actually what it means. It connotates this meaning in the Greek language. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us. He shows us what to pray for, how to pray for it. He actually prays with us. Together with the Holy Spirit, we reach out and we arrest that situation or we grasp it in faith. And with the Holy Spirit, we pray over it with God tell, with supernatural intelligence in the Spirit. This is real. I don't want to sound too abstract. This is a continuum, my friend. This is something we can grow in. We can start out really embryonic and really small in this. And over time, we can grow in this. The Holy Spirit shows us what to reach for in prayer, how to pray about it. And even more, he infuses us with his energy and he empowers our prayer. That's in Romans 8, 26 to 27. This is what we do when we don't know how to pray about it. Have you ever felt that way? Of course. Of course, man. Life is complex. Life is nuanced. Uh, do you know yet that life is a minefield? <laughs> do you realize yet that the first time you were born, you were born into a war, that there's a war going on, and when you're born again, that only becomes heightened, that sense of warfare, even though you are now filled with God, you have access to the Spirit, to His Word, 
and you're outfitted and equipped to deal with that warfare. And we grow in that. Psalmist says, you've trained my fingers for battle. The psalmist says, you've strengthened my arm so I can bend the bow of bronze. We have weapons for the right hand and the left, the Apostle Paul says. You know, Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We don't wrestle on this natural plane alone. We're not playing at that level. We're playing higher. We're going behind the scenes. We're pulling back the curtains. We wrestle with uh, spiritual entities, dark powers. That's where the battle really emanates from. And then we have this super big promise in Romans 8, 28 that we all love. We love it so much. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. But really, I mean, contextually, I think we have to understand and be honest about it. All things work together for good, not when we're sitting on the couch eating bonbons and watching Netflix all the time. No, we have to be cultivating a lifestyle of prayer and engaging the Holy Spirit in verses 26 and 27, preceding verse 28. Remember, when Paul wrote this letter, he did not write numbers. Okay, this these two sentences or this number and then the next sentences. Those verse numbers were added hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later in the history of Bible translation. It was a letter, it flowed. So we have to look at the context, look at the flow. We don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. And as we partner with the Holy Spirit and engage, all things work together for good. Does that make sense? Tremendous promise in Romans 8, 28. I want us to be positioned well to claim that promise and to experience it. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Let's elevate the ceiling over our life, okay? As we pray in the Spirit, we elevate ourselves to higher frequencies with God. I encourage you, I encourage me to fix our gaze upon Christ. And as we pray, we can raise that person before the Lord, that situation, challenge, opportunity, Before the Lord, we can yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to pray with us and through us. Again, you mean we can be in a prayer partnership with the Holy Spirit? That Holy Spirit that brooded over the earth in Genesis 1-2, and then when God said, let there be light and turned on a creative process, that that Holy Spirit that was emanating around the globe and fertilizing the earth and... um. Uh, creating with the Father and with the Son, that Holy Spirit, we can, he, he's our prayer partner? Yes. It's the most creative thing we can do to cultivate our prayer partnership with the Holy Spirit. What's more creative than that? Answers, solutions, mountains being removed, things being uprooted, things being planted, things being torn down that shouldn't be, things being built up in their place, all through the medium of praying in the Holy Spirit. We understand that praying in the Holy Spirit is Christocentric, Christ-centered. It's not me-centric. It it ultimately is Christocentric because the Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. He discloses to us everything that Jesus said. He tells us the future. The Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said. He discloses who Christ is to us. We fix our eyes upon Christ 
in prayer, the Holy Spirit glorifies and amplifies Christ and the Christ story. And remember, praying in the Spirit is set within the truth of inspired Scripture. The Holy Spirit will never motivate you to pray about something that is like clearly outside the framework of Scripture. It's set within the structure, the sentiment, and the tone, and the life of the inspired Scriptures. The Holy Spirit can lead you, of course, to pray for things that you can't find a chapter and verse on, but I'm saying that it's sourced in the inspired Word of God, and it lives within that beautiful, broad framework of Scripture. Jesus said that these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, and they will speak in new tongues. Mark 16, the Apostle Paul wrote that he prayed with his spirit that heavenly prayer language, and with the mind, his native prayer language. This is in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. Paul sets himself forth as a model there. Look, I pray with heavenly prayer languages, and I also pray with my native prayer language. Now, praying in the Spirit is not just praying in heavenly prayer languages, but it can be, it should be, and I believe it will be, as we hunger for that and position ourselves for that. But praying in the Spirit also includes praying in our native language that is shaped by Scripture, and the Holy Spirit can give us promptings and He can energize our prayers even apart from heavenly prayer languages. Now, this is my belief. I do believe that as we experience heavenly prayer languages, all of this, the floor, can go up, I believe, into a heightened sense. Now, please don't run away with some theological bias. I'm going to slam the door and run away because he's outside my theological system. Just don't run away yet. I We always want to consider the scriptures, search these things to see if they are so like the Berean believers in the book of Acts. It's both, though. Praying in the Spirit is our native prayer language as well as heavenly prayer languages. And as we pray in the Spirit, whether it's in our native tongue or in a heavenly prayer language, we can note any impressions We can underscore promises that are coming to us that surface in our understanding. I say capture those, make make a note, and keep them, rehearse them, review them, and circle back to them in prayer. And as the Holy Spirit gives us understanding, we can begin to pray about our concerns with our renewed mind, as well as engage heavenly prayer languages, which Paul says is a mystery he says the mind is unfruitful. There's sort of a, the ceiling is, is taken off. We're not just limited by our natural mind in prayer, but we can trust that the Holy Spirit is praying with our spirit and that the Holy Spirit can either maybe soon or right away or in time give us native understanding of what we have been praying with heavenly prayer languages. Now, I, I just, again, I, I do this myself. I don't want, you know, to be entombed in a theological system, which may have served me well to a certain point in life, and yet is um, maybe the Holy Spirit is wanting to bring me into more. Maybe there's more in the scripture that he wants to show me about these things. And I don't want to be stuck in a box or limited I don't want to have others tell me that there's not more if the word is saying there is more. I don't want some people telling me there's not more 
if there's millions upon millions upon millions of believers, especially in continents like Asia, Africa, and South America, but also in Europe and North America, uh, are experiencing these dynamics, right? I should be curious. I should be exploring. I should be open. Open your Bible and then be open to more illumination. I'm not saying be open without opening your Bible. I'm saying open your Bible and then be open to more illumination of the scripture and also talk with others, listen to others in the body of Christ. Use your discernment, search the scriptures to see if these things are so, the Berean believers in the book of Acts. As we just put a tie around this today, we can pray in the Holy Spirit and we can project our prayers into the future with accuracy. I love this. You know, if you're out somewhere and you see a bear on a tree line, maybe 300 yards away, it's better to do something now than it is to allow that bear to get up on you and maul you, right? (laughs) Okay. If you're uh, pursuing an opportunity and you see an opportunity on the horizon, it's better to position yourself and, you know, prepare and move towards that opportunity now than waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until the window comes right upon you and you're not prepared for it and you really can't make a move on it, right? But praying in the Spirit can be like that, and, and we need to pray on horizons. We need to project our prayers into the future. The Holy Spirit will partner with us, and we can address things we don't even know about yet. We learn about them as we pray. And as we just become observant and aware, we may be praying about things in the near future, the immediate future, or the distant future. I encourage you to capture those things in your journal, in your note-taking, whatever it is, whatever system you use. What are near horizons, immediate horizons, and distant horizons that I sense are coming? I believe it's wise to advance our prayers further out in the future like several weeks, several months, even several years from now. This dynamic form of prayer, I'm talking about praying in the Holy Spirit now, it was so prevalent in the lives of those who were closest to Christ and the early church. It has also surfaced at times in church history, this more dynamic form of praying in the Holy Spirit. And in the past Uh, 120 years, maybe a little bit more, praying in the Holy Spirit has exploded across the earth. Today, the most accelerated spiritual awakenings and church growth are happening on the continents of South America, Africa, and Asia, where praying in the Holy Spirit is widely experienced by believers. And so I feel like, I almost feel like, uh, I mean, I know it's here in North America. I know it's in Europe. And uh, I've listed, what, five continents? I know Antarctica. Maybe we can pray in the Holy Spirit with the penguins in Antarctica and a few scientists who are there. Uh, what is that seventh continent? What is the, am, am, I, am I missing a continent? Um, well, at any rate, uh, maybe you can let me know if I'm missing what, what that seventh continent is right now. But the most accelerated spiritual awakening and the growth of the ecclesia of the church is happening 
where this praying in the Holy Spirit is widely practiced. The boldness, the breakthroughs, the witnessing to the Lord, the signs and wonders which arrest attention and almost create a supernatural apologetic so that people can come to the scriptures. And then even Jesus said, the scriptures point to me. It's in me that you have life, not in the scriptures themselves. Jesus looked at the leaders of the day and said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have life, and yet it is these that point to me. The written word points to the living word as the source of life, truth personified, wisdom personified. Now here's a question that we can ask ourselves. Have you explored this powerful form of prayer? Are you open to it? Have you been pinned down? Please don't be offended, but have you been pinned down by a theological bias, a denominational categorization, you know, a tribalism that will not allow you, not will, will not smile upon you as you explore such things? I want to encourage you to open the book and immerse yourself in the scripture. I want to encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scripture to you. Invite the leadership and lordship of Christ over all things. And um, when we don't know how to pray, what do we do? Both in our native language and hopefully, eventually, our heavenly prayer languages, we pray in the Holy Spirit. Friend, you can go to the show notes page for this episode at jesusmart.com slash 221. We're going to make it easier. Just 221 links, additional resources to take this theme deeper. A redesign of the Jesus Smart website is underway. It's not there now, but it's in a staging area. The current website is live uh, within days. It's like a mirage. It keeps going out a little bit future. I keep setting days and it, it just... We're getting there. Within days, the new website is going to go live, and I think you're going to like it. It's going to be much more um, feature-rich for you and much more functional, utilitarian for you. All right. Stay connected with the podcast and with JesusSmart.com. You can subscribe and be notified when new episodes go live. I encourage you to sign up for the e-letter. Uh, One of the things on the new website is that you're going to get a brand new free resource when you sign up for the e-letter. It's about a 40-page book questing. It's called Living Large, Insights and Modeling from the Life of Abraham. We're all seeking to level up with our Christ following. Thank you for passing this episode along to your friends and contacts. As always, the best syndication is your personal connection, your personal sharing with others. Now coming up, Pastor Mike Ashcraft. I know I mentioned several weeks ago And this particular episode release has been pending. It's just a workflow issue with me. It's all been recorded. But again, he talks about closing loops, stop dragging the past into your now, being ready to embrace new seasons, release old seasons, turn and embrace new seasons. It's really one of the more dynamic conversations I've had in quite a while, I must say. And I I just love what he talks about. Full of insight. I love his spirit. I love his heart. Also coming up is J.C. Alfalto. Uh, we have a dialogue about some uh, hopefully new wineskin ideas about discipleship. And J.C.L. drops some golden nuggets. He's a penetrating thinker. The future belongs to Jesus. He's brilliant. As we walk with him, guess what? We're going to get smarter. 
we're, we're on its coattails. I look forward to connecting with you next time. Show notes page for this episode, jesussmart.com slash 221.